from Alaska Public Media, this is State of Art. Welcome to the weekend and to State of Art, your weekly dose of Anchorage Arts and Culture. I'm Ammon Swenson. Coming up, I speak with local artist and the man behind the Alaska Bookmobile, Jimmy Reardon. His current work is focusing on digitizing analog Alaska music. He got his start working in Bethel and preserving recordings around the Yukon-Kuskokwim Delta, but has branched out to more of a statewide focus. He's been collecting music for a long time, but the project really got going after finding one particular recording. There was this time I was in, I think it was Tidal Wave Books. They have some old records, and sitting on one of the shelves was an album by Joe Paul, or sometimes he goes by Joe Jim Paul, and he was a blind country and gospel singer who did some covers but also wrote some of his own music, and he sung in both English and the Yupik language. I got really into him as an artist, and I started to really think about like finding his other recordings. And he was from Kipnuk and lived in Bethel. I think he actually worked for KYUK for a while. He would sell these records that he was having pressed out in California in front of the AC, so in front of the grocery store in Bethel. And so, what, yeah. What time period was this? The 80s. Um, he died in the late 80s, I think. He was born in maybe the 1930s. And yeah, he was born in Kipnuk. There's stories about him making his first guitar using like telephone wire or something. I don't know how true that is, but is he's a really interesting artist because, again, he was doing some of these cover songs. A lot of it, musicians out there that are producing recordings were producing like gospel recordings, but he was also doing some country and Western stuff and doing some of his songs of his own. And he had albums that kind of switched back and forth between, again, like English and Yupik. And this particular album had one side was all in the Yupik language and the other side was all in English. And there's been collections of his released, you know, KYUK released a CD at one point and the Alaska Native Language Center has a collection of some of his recordings that they've released too. So he was kind of a big name in the region. But yeah, it was more of that record. So I call the project, um, I call it sort of my music archiving project, the Joe Jim Paul Fan Club, because that recording is really when I started to take it more seriously. And then, as you were mentioning, it was then doing work out in Bethel, where he was from, and finding more stuff about him and then about related artists, and then starting to realize the ways in which some of that music and some of the stuff that I was collecting was no longer accessible in the region that it was made. So figuring out ways to digitize it so that it could be shared on the radio again. I mean, you know, that's where it started to snowball in that way. But it really, I do think that that particular record by Joe Paul was when it, like, I don't know, I had the kindling and that's what like kind of lit the flame. You know, you started kind of doing and, you know, preserving kind of more of like a, a region's music that is kind of slowly disappearing as formats and stuff change. But so what caused the project to branch out to maybe more of a statewide project? I was collecting stuff that was statewide all along. And more recently, I started a fellowship with the Anchorage Museum's Library and Archive. So my space is now over at the Seed Lab. And I continue to do work with the museum and with the support of the museum. And that's when I started to kind of broaden out and started to digitize and create a catalog of all the other content. And started to kind of look for or start digging for more just kind of Alaska general recordings more seriously or more actively. But I've limited the stuff that's statewide to kind of vinyl records, some cassette tapes, all analog media, where like with the stuff for Bethel and the YK Delta, I'm looking at people's like home recordings and I've been getting stuff that's off of old videos and old 
fundraiser videos from KYUK that they've been digitizing as part of their own project. So I'm kind of more interested in everything connected to that YK Delta stuff. But with the Alaska stuff, it's more limited, again, to like particular types of analog media. I mean, even as you're just discovering music, it sounds like the project, you know, you have to kind of keep somewhat of a limited scope. Otherwise, it would just snowball, snowball, and just kind of be too unwieldy to, <laughs> to even manage. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's that idea, right, that you think that as you research something, you learn more information about the topic, and there is less to learn because you know more of that, whatever that is. And it seems to be really the opposite. The, like, the more you learn, the more you learn that there's stuff you don't know. And so you're not like honing in on like completing something. You're actually just like broadening or widening kind of the topic. And so you really do need to think about different sort of like levels of interest or activity, like just thinking about like, okay, like what are your priorities? You know, you can be interested in something more generally, but how do you kind of corral or how do you focus so that it doesn't get too overwhelming. And that's, again, another reason why that like sort of like ever broadening and kind of like learning how little you know as you learn more is one of the reasons why I like to frame the project as kind of a fan club as opposed to like I'm not an ethnomusicologist. I am not a part of a lot of the communities that these recordings came out of. So there are a lot of people that know a lot more through like either their experiences or through their education about all of this stuff than I do. And so it's like keeping it framed as like this is sort of like out of some sort of fandom or like... Yeah, it's not necessarily like a all-encompassing academic endeavor. It's something that you're into. You've found a lane into it. It seems like you've tapped into kind of a vein that you can kind of keep pursuing. And the idea of, yeah, trying to capture like every single obscure recording and stuff like that. Maybe somebody will tackle it one day, but yeah, I mean, you're one man. You've There's only so much time in a day. Yeah, I want to, and I'm, I want it to remain fun, right? This is something I'm doing initially out of like enjoyment, right? As opposed to out of feeling some sort of like obligation or some sort of, I mean, I can see a need for some of the, the archival work, but I don't feel as though necessarily like has to be me to do it, right? Totally. Um, can you give me some examples of some cool things that you found or maybe rediscovered while you were doing this? Maybe some personal favorites? Yeah, definitely. So I know that um, that Joe Paul album is definitely one of my favorites. It's called Eskimo Songs and Stories in Country Music. And then outside of that, more recently, there's been some kind of hip hop records that I've been coming across. There was a band called PLP. I think it's it for Pipeline Productions in the 80s out of Fairbanks. And they were this, I think they were all in the military. That's what brought them up there. But they put out this, this album that is pretty good. It's pretty fun. Another kind of hip-hop one from Fairbanks. It's 2T Lothario put out a single for their their song Time to Dance, which is like time like the plant, then the number two, and then dance, which was an interesting one because I found information about it and then there had been postings of it that people had put on YouTube, but they'd been taken down and then came across through um, the Discogs website that there was one DJ in Brazil that owned a copy. And so was able to actually get a copy from Brazil to here. You know, the most of the cost was just shipping. Yeah. Which is like, how did this Fairbanks 90s hip hop single, you know, end up? with this DJ in Brazil. I mean, I think, you know, we live in a world where things move around, but as far as like music that I enjoy listening to, there's like some that I really enjoy listening to some that I find like kind of novel. I mean, I guess the novelty ones are easiest, right? So there's the, um, Snow White was an Anchorage based 
kind of metal band that put out a single called New Messiah, or it was like an EP for an upcoming album called New Messiah. And it had about four songs on it, and they were all on one side. And when you flip the record over, the label was a mirror image, or is a mirror image, and the songs all play in reverse. So they had reversed it. And I know that that was recorded over at Surreal Studios with Kurt Raymond, so he probably has a lot more information about that recording. So what's ultimately happening with the archive? Are people going to be able to access and kind of search it or where are these recordings going and, you know, eventually how could people maybe check it out? Yeah. So I've been actively sort of digitizing and then taking photos of the album artwork and creating a catalog and finding aid for the things that I've been I'm kind of putting into this collection. And the goal is to make it accessible in one way or another. I know I've talked to different people about like how that would be. Most likely it would be something like hard drive with the content on it that's at different spots, like at the Anchorage Museum's mm. um, library or you know, like the stuff that's related to Bethel might be at the library there or KYUK or at the Ubik Museum. And then, I mean, some of it might be able to be shared online, um, maybe some sort of YouTube channel that could be releasing like some of the songs, depending on copyright information. But yeah, I mean, my, my main focus is just on both doing, doing the digitizing, but making sure that I'm creating a catalog that's easy enough to search or that where the information is well enough organized that if, if it were to be used by somebody else or like taken and like kind of expanded upon the work I was I've done is easy to understand as opposed to just kind of like this mess where it's like okay well he is obviously was doing something but I don't know what it is yeah totally I mean what is ultimately gonna happen when either kind of your fellowship comes to an end or you know the project kind of starts winding down are you looking to get more financial help or maybe get other individuals involved kind of pass the torch slash team up at all yeah, I mean, I I um I definitely don't feel as though like I really want to take like ownership of this thing. So if there's other people that would like to have access and would like to either help or would like to take it in a different direction, then I'm kind of like open to um, sharing the content that way. And then as far as you know, I don't know how long my fellowship with the museum will last. It's definitely helped me set aside time to focus on this work where without their help, I probably wouldn't be working as fast as I've been working. And so, yeah, I'm never going to say no to financial assistance that helps me be able to focus more time on this work. But I'll continue to do it in the sense of like, I'll continue to be a collector of this sort of music, no matter how it's like supported or how it's, you know, framed. You know, it could just be me as a collector of records, right? As it kind of started. It sounds like you, you know, if people have ideas for how to do this stuff or, you know, maybe even if they have like an old box of records or cassettes or something that they might find uh, that you might find interesting. What's the best way that people should reach out or maybe, yeah, hit you up to get involved or throw some music your way? Yeah, they can reach out to me either by email or through my website. They're both sort of similar. It's reardonjimmy.com or reardonjimmy at gmail.com. So it's like R-I-O-R-D-A-N-J-I-M-M-Y.com or at gmail.com. And yeah, I mean, I, I'll do digitizing work for people even if I'm not interested in the content. Sometimes I know with some of the kind of free digitizing I was doing in Bethel, you know, people would give me the tapes and I would digitize the content, if, you know, when I had the time. And then if it was stuff that they didn't want to share to this collection, obviously I wouldn't hold on to things that they didn't want me to. But it just, I, I get very curious about kind of like what sort of stuff come from different people. There's also this, this whole period of 
stuff that was put out on cassettes and and then like early kind of burnt CDs, I feel like the late 90s through the early 2000s that I'm really curious about because there's not as much of a record of that as there is of earlier sort of like vinyl recordings. And then as well as now, obviously, we live in a place where there's like this amazing digital record of stuff and people are kind of putting things out through Spotify or Bandcamp and they're kind of existing until that artist decides they don't want the, to exist there anymore. That was local artist and Alaska Bookmobile proprietor Jimmy Reardon telling me about his current work digitizing Alaska music. And that's all the time we have for you today. For links and more content, you can head to the State of Art page on alaskapublic.org. I'm Ammon Swenson. Thanks for listening. State of Art is a production of Alaska Public Media, which is solely responsible for its content. The views expressed are those of the hosts and participants and do not reflect KSKA or its underwriters. Theme music is Spring Breakup by Termination Dust. Get in touch with the host by sending an email to soa at alaskapublic.org.